Welcome back to season two of the Tourism Geographies podcast, a podcast that showcases research published in Tourism Geographies, a peer-reviewed journal which explores tourism and tourism-related areas of recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. I'm Marcia Rudolfse, one of the producers of episodes for the show, and I come to you from Wageningen University and Research in the Netherlands. With me here is Solène Prins, a senior lecturer in tourism studies in the Department of Marketing and Tourism at Linnaeus University in Sweden. Solène has recently published an article in Tourism Geographies titled Tourists' Perceptions of Wind Turbines, Conceptualizations of Rural Space in Sustainability Transitions, which was co-authored with Dimitri Ioannidis, Anke Peters and Tatjana Chekalina. Welcome to the podcast, Solen. I always like to ask podcast speakers to introduce themselves. So if you'd like, Solen. Yes, uh, sure. I can introduce myself. It's great to be on the podcast and get to talk about our latest papers. So uh, as you've said, yes, I'm a senior lecturer in tourism at Linus University. I'm at the School of Business and Economics in the Department of uh, Marketing and Tourism Studies. And I've just started this job, uh, well, about a year ago. Before that, I was at Mid-Sweden University, in the, more in the north of Sweden, in Östersund. And that's where my, my team of co-authors is uh, located. So that's a project I started with them over there. And that's also at Mid-Sweden, where I did my PhD in tourism studies. I completed it in 2017 and then came to do a postdoc here in Kalmar at Linus University. And so uh, here I am again <laughs> in, um, in the south of uh, Sweden. And uh, yeah, my interests, I have um, an interest in tourist landscapes, especially rural landscapes. It's, uh, it was part of my PhD to look into rural spaces, but also during my postdoc, I you know veered off a little bit into ancestral tourism. So tourists who uh, look for their um, their roots, and they're often very interested in uh, rural landscapes. So that's a concept I've worked uh, a lot with, and now I'm applying to uh, to this research here. Wonderful. Thank you for that introduction. That's really nice to have that background. I'd like to move on to the article. Your article explores tourist attitudes towards the presence of wind farms in rural landscapes. That seems to be the key objective of, of the paper. Could you give me a bit of background as to what role wind turbines play in sustainable energy transitions and why are rural landscapes in Sweden such attractive sites for the development of wind turbines? Well, we're in a phase of a renewable energy transitions. And so things like wind turbines, if you know, they can be built offshore, uh, they can be built in uh, onshore, but they're going to need uh, a lot of space. Right. It's a uh, it's infrastructure that you you kind of lay out horizontally. And so where is there a lot of space? Well, in uh, in regions, in rural areas. And so they, they they're deployed in this kind of space. But these these areas at the same time as they're very uh, you know strategic for renewable energy transition, for that materialization. Well, they're also very popular as uh, tourist destinations. Uh, and I would say that especially Sweden, that is known for its uh, its nature uh, in some areas, even its wilderness. And, um, you know, 
uh, a lot of people, this is uh, what they would want to see uh, when they go on a holiday, uh, nature and uh, landscapes that are not um, impacted too much by uh, the infrastructure of uh, modernity. And so it, it, it makes the rural spaces kind of contested in uh, renewable energy transitions that, you know, are they are they going to be the space for this modernization, this ecological modernization? And how can that work with them developing as uh, as idyllic uh, rural spaces for tourists as well, uh, where people can consume uh, natural landscapes, uh, rural landscapes, and also do the activities associated um, with that? So these uh you know, how, how do these two um, these two kinds of uh, um, transitions, right, the renewable energy transition, but at the same time, the uh, post-industrial kind of uh, um, consuming the rural idyll, that kind of transition, how do they add up together? So the you know, rural space is interesting for, for different stakeholders. And so this is what we are interested in exploring when we have these two groups. How does this happen? What would do tourists then uh think of wind turbines as they go and uh, have their rural uh, holiday. But at the same time, we are in an era where we know that we need to transition towards more renewable energy sources. We need more uh, sustainable consumption and production uh, patterns in our society. So how will that uh, impact the experience of these uh, contested spaces? Yes. Great. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, I really liked how your article shows these different st stakeholders and the tensions that are produced between them over the fate of the rural landscapes and, um, and also how there's um, idea of the rural landscapes that tourists are supposedly attracted to. You started to explore this and you did that uh, through a qualitative um, methodology. Could you Share with us how you approach this. Uh, before we get into the, the, the qualitative uh, um, uh, research, I think it's important to say here that this study, so the, the interviews we did with tourists, uh, is part of a bigger research project where we had a different objective than just uh, uh, getting tourists uh, sense-making of the presence of turbines. It's a project I worked on with my colleague Tatiana Cekalina, who's a, she's an author on the paper. And we, through it, our objective, what we promised our, uh, our financing body, was to produce um, a survey that uh, actors such as uh, destinations or maybe uh, municipalities, any kind of uh, authority or anyone interested could use to, to, um, to capture the experience value of tourists when they visit um, natural areas where there are wind turbines. So all the work that needs to be put into developing uh, scales, into assessing what um, what are the attitudes and the intentions of tourists when they visit uh, these areas where there are wind turbines. And so in order to develop that uh, survey, it was important to do a qualitative uh, research phase, uh, first of all. And so we um, we did a bit of this ourselves, but we also sent our assistants to do a lot of data collection. That's Anke also on the, the paper with us. And so in, oh my, if I remember correctly, five, five different uh, destinations, what we could consider as destinations around uh, Sweden that are natural, rural, kind of fits that description. And then just to ask five questions to the tourists at these places, so on the spot, 
So quite short interviews because we're taking up people's time. But these people are in these, uh, these areas where there are wind turbines. They might be looking at them directly or they would have seen them on the way there. Um, you know, where to capture the, these tourists. And then they, they tell us, first of all, what they they think of the of the landscape. Just generic question, no turbines yet. And then we move on. You know, what is it that you like about the landscape you're experiencing today? Anything you'd like, anything you would change? Thinking that they might have seen, I don't know, so some industry, some clear cut, who knows? Uh, and then we go in and talk. Well, you you would have seen wind turbines, and then you know, to let us know what what you think about this. And what was very interesting. So, so this is a very like a, a inductive phase. So we're seeing what people are saying, so that we can incorporate that in the in the survey to know what questions to to that can be tested later, right? But just asking people, you know, the wind turbines are there in the landscape, and the the things they would tell us that was very that was so interesting that there came the idea to develop this into a paper of its own. Uh, so that our results would not just be from from the the survey we'd built and then kind of use ourselves somewhere. It was so interesting to to hear that the, the people would would start talking about the this you know it was a lot of sense making. So not just what they thought of the turbines right there in front of them, maybe impacting the view or maybe saying it doesn't you know they would talk about things like this, but they would also um, talk about how um, you know we we need this kind of uh, infrastructure, they, they would really put them, the wind turbines, in the context of a renewable energy transition, that we need these more sustainable uh, patterns of consumption and production. And so where else to, to put them? You might not directly agree that they look aesthetically pleasing. You might realize that they can impact an ecosystem. They're very loud for the people who, who live around. But, you know, you can make sense of the, the necessity of them, of the, the future that we want. And so these wind turbines, these infrastructure, they um, they have this bigger meaning in sustainability uh, transitions. And this is what we wanted to uh, to capture. So, yes, yeah, so it was um, it was this kind of uh, meth inductive kind of approach methodology to see what people would say openly. We, we don't have a, a scale uh, to ask people to assess the wind turbines. They're just kind of telling us what they think of the landscape in front of them, but also of wind turbines. And this is what people talk about when you ask them to, to comment. Great. Thanks so much, Salam. And I think later on in your findings, you, you also comment on how people's backgrounds, uh, their nationalities, the places they come from and how national energy transitions in in the places of their residents contribute to understandings of, of this rural idyll abroad, right? So, but maybe you can expand first a little more on what your general findings were. Um, but what came out of your interviews? Yeah, I think it's interesting that, that you named this, the, the background of, uh, of people and what, what is it that they're used to? Because as we worked on this project, uh, we did um, a really big literature review, <laughs> uh, much more than what is in the, this uh, this article, and found the different factors that that influence the kind of reactions that tourists have to uh, to wind turbines, and and really like a lot of times we might think that okay, what what people think of, of wind turbines, like tourists, 
it is related to like um, aesthetic factors. How does it look in um, in nature or in a rural landscape, right? And you know, fair enough, tourism is a very visual experience. It's a lot about the the, the sites, about landscapes, and, and that is well one aspect of it where you we can kind of frame the issue. Okay. It impacts the, the visuals, uh, the aesthetics of the landscape. But there are these other factors like, you know, what are people used to see? If you come from a, a very industrial area and then you come and you see uh, wind turbines, which are the symbols of uh, clean energy, you might prefer this to see this in nature, acknowledging that, you know, that there needs to you know that there is development in modernity and whatnot so you might be pleased to to see uh wind turbine or maybe you're used to seeing them and then to see more of them somewhere doesn't really affect you or maybe the opposite it, it does affect you because here they are again so there are all sorts of factors like this and you know from the tourist side of course and this is what we've been looking into but in the the literature we also find that the destination itself matters a very popular destination where people have been coming for for years and years with their family and they have all sorts of activities they can do there are wind turbines really going to deter people from from coming again and doing these activities Probably not. So there are factors from the destination itself, from the, the region the destination is in and where the tourists come from uh, as well. Of course, our study was qualitative, right? So uh, with it, we can't make these um, relations between, you know, where do they come from and if they uh, if they appreciate or if, if they accept and, and uh, whatnot. But it, it does give us um, an idea of what meaning the wind turbines have that it's it's not just a, a matter of um, of aesthetics right of, of how does it look in the landscape because these wind turbines they mean other things uh, to people and this is what we're we're capturing here that um, by looking at them they they are as I've said the the symbols of uh, renewable energy transitions of this green energy that we need if we want to keep if we if we're going to continue consuming and producing in our modern day lifestyle. And so to, to hear people say this in their own words and say exactly this things like, um, well, you know, we need to we need more energy, right? <laughs> people are not talking about how we don't need wind turbines. We need to stop <laughs> producing and consuming. No, they, they do think we're going to continue consuming and producing. And so if we want more energy and we need to combat uh, climate change, we all need this to be uh, green and clean. Then, you know, we kind of accept that the wind turbines, uh, they're going to be put somewhere. And we had people saying, well, you know, where else to, to put them? They had to be put somewhere. They shouldn't be where people live. Uh, we all know about the, the the sounds they create and then the lights on them that are disturbing. So they should be put there. And they shouldn't be put in national parks, like in uh, areas of like a high natural heritage, right, that we want to preserve. They can be visible from them. That's something that we noticed. You, you can see wind turbines from these, some of these nature reserves in Sweden, but they're not in them. So th there are specific places where people can uh, narrate, like we, we don't want them near people in natural, uh, preserved natural areas. But then afterwards, 
Well, they can be in rural space because they do need to be uh, somewhere. So in in their thinking, as these tourists make sense of uh, the materiality of renewable energy uh, transitions, they, they do see that they can be in uh, in the kind of rural space they uh, we interviewed them at. Now, of course, uh, you know, how many should there be? <laughs> how far should this go? These are things that are much more difficult uh, for for them to, to discuss because um, obviously a lot of times people could say, well, this is fine. You know, there are a few of them here, but there shouldn't be more uh, of them. Um, so so these kinds of uh, responses that we've got. But um, interesting to see the that, you know, material things are not just like a visual or aesthetic. They also have this. Uh, this meaning, and as people are well aware that we uh, that we need to transition towards more uh, sustainable consumption and production patterns, especially in energy, um, they they will say things like this, like about wind turbines. Thanks, Solan. That's so interesting. I, one of the things you say later on in the article is, um, and that exactly summarizes what you what you just said, I guess, is that. Society's cultural and affective values materialize in landscape, and these values change over time. And these modern wind turbines actually are also part of the forming cultural landscape of this island. And it also challenged in that way some of the assumptions that people have that tourists necessarily like these, um, let's say, static landscapes frozen in time, um, that, that communicates some kind of history. In fact, there will be tourists that also appreciate these transitions uh, towards modernity. So, uh, yeah. So um, what do you think we can learn from this paper? Uh, people interested in sustainable energy transitions. Uh, what, what are your main takes here? Yeah, I think it's it's a good point that you make about, you know, the, this assumption that we, we think that tourists are, are interested in kind of idyllic landscapes frozen in time. And then when we do research, we, we realize that that might not be the case. Because one, I mean, of course, the the wind power infrastructure is um, is controversial because for, for people who, who live in these areas where it is uh, developed, uh, they're the ones who will have to, um, you know, to, to, to live with the changing landscape. So if it degrades, ecosystem services such as um, I'm thinking about cultural ecosystem services like access to land or to recreation or the poss- these kinds of possibilities. And so there is um, a fear that um, that I think does matter that we, we, we should be very considerate about in a local context of people who who see their landscapes being uh, being changed uh, and in some cases even, you know, degraded through this uh, massive infrastructure. And what we realized uh, early on, and there are other papers that that have uh, uh, came up with this kind of uh, analysis, is that uh, often people who do not want to see a a landscape change or, you know, they will use tourism as um, kind of in a discursive way. Uh, to say, okay, well, if we, if we build this infrastructure, we will uh, we will lose tourists because we, as I've said, tourism is a very visual activity. It depends on landscape, and so if you want to protect these landscapes, well, you can you know you can use 
discourses of uh, of preserving this this activity um, that cares about landscapes that needs these landscapes but it, it's not always obvious uh, that um, building more of this wind power infrastructure will deter visitors from coming or spending money so the impact on the on the visitor economy of wind turbines is absolutely not uh, clear but still local actors in their protest in their protest to preserve landscapes to preserve their place um, they will go to discourses of wind turbines that disturb tourism so this is something that we that we've seen in the literature and that we've also um, experienced right places where people are concerned about what wind turbines will do to tourism but you know there isn't that much tourism already in, in some of these places no, not everywhere and some other places um, they have um, they're so popular that they, they barely think uh, uh, about this so it really depends on, on the place so one thing we wanted to make sure to do with this this article wasn't just to write a paper where oh look the the tourists don't mind so you should you should have wind turbines built everywhere it's not going to affect your tourism economy problem solved right then now, now that we get the data that the tourists like this you, you should stop protesting and then just let the turbines be built there so this is not what we wanted to, to write for our paper and now we were actually worried that one of the reviewers thought this at some point. So that we, we really wanted to frame it in a way exactly this, that we, we talk about the contested meanings of, of places and that, uh, you know, while for the for the tourists that we can see that they, as we've seen in the literature, right, we see that they can accept the, these changes in rural places during renewable energy transitions. But what if the rural idyll, what if the the landscapes uh, of um, as they are now and the small uh, small tourism businesses, what if that was what the, the the residents wanted? What if that was, you know, how the residents saw their future, that they could use tourism to preserve their heritage, their nature, the things that mattered to them? And so we, we need to take that seriously. Uh, as well, how these residents um, would have liked to to see the the future, while the the tourists might see it, the future of rural space in a, a different way. So that it's two two views of ruralities that come um, well if they clash with each other or that you know are in interplay at the at the same time. But it, it's absolutely not about saying that we should just you know tourists are fine, build wind turbines. <laughs> Uh, everywhere. It's, um, it's something that we're seeing. We're seeing this, that um, we're in this uh, phase of transition. And so rural space takes on a new meaning. And so what does this mean for the people who have uh, another meaning for, for rural space, like the residents? So uh, and that sustainability transitions, um, they they will be about who, who has the power to imagine the sustainable future uh, of a place and then what is our role as um, as tourism researchers in this and this is something that that we've been thinking a lot about like if we are the tourism researchers focusing only <laughs> on this survey that tells you what do tourists think about uh, wind turbines and then you can present this paper and say oh well they don't mind or oh well they would want this we are contributing to putting certain places on certain trajectories 
you know, future trajectories, we are kind of contributing to how to establish what is sustainable development, what is sustainable tourism. And we have to remember that this can come in contradiction to what other stakeholders uh, think of what is a sustainable future. And so we really wanted to see our our research that seemed so so focused just on tourists and then in front of them turbines and then see it in a bigger perspective where places uh, exactly constantly change meaning, but also that there are contested uh, meanings. And and it's interesting that these these meanings all kind of relate to a certain way to develop tourism. <laughs> One thing that we that we heard a lot and you can read about this is uh Energy tourism. So when uh, energy facilities, so say wind parks, they themselves become attractions, like there's a, a visitor center or, or some guided tours or some way to present this um, as an attraction. And so that's one way to, to think about, uh, you know, tourism in renewable energy transitions. And then, you know, there is some research that says what tourists like about this, these, um, these facilities uh, that they want to learn, they want to spend time with family, they appreciate this and whatnot. But, you know, doesn't that put a place on a certain trajectory? Doesn't it say, well, this this is how we we become sustainable in the future. But, but what about what the residents think of um, of that new meaning? So that uh, tourism research can have this um this wider look on 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 a place, and I think tourism researchers or uh, tourism geographers are perfect for this to not just see the the relation between tourism and the the one thing that they look at, but a place in general, the whole of a place and everything that goes on there. How is uh, tourism used to defend certain paths, and how is it used to oppose other paths? In the end, we do writing this particular paper. So taking a, a pause in our in our bigger project, in our intention to write uh, that report with the survey, but then just stop there and, and think about what this can mean for uh, rural space or even for destinations that tourists are thinking this way. And um, this paper will go to a, a special issue on uh, tourism and sustainability transitions. So uh, when we discovered that there was this special issue, it, it really helped us to, to think, OK, like the there's a context, right? The, the, what the tourists are saying and the way they're, they're, they're thinking, it is because we are part of this bigger context of uh, sustainability transitions and people's values you know, align with this. You know, people are developing values in the context of wanting sustainability uh, transitions, but not just to, to think of tourists and turbines, but these broader uh, contexts that affect places. Thanks, Solène. When I was reading the article, I think you and your colleagues did a very excellent job at showing how complex, how multi-layered those power dynamics are that are at play. So you mentioned in your article that, for example, one of the struggles that many of these stakeholders have locally, like residents and environmental activist groups, are quite the corporate character of, of, of uh, the wind energy sector, right? So I think your article definitely does a good job at describing 
all these power dynamics at play. So it doesn't try to glorify some of these developments necessarily. Well, Solen, thank you so much for this interview. Uh, it was really a pleasure to have you here. It was a pleasure to to participate. Many thanks also to the Tourism Geographies podcast listeners for tuning in. I want to point out the title again of this publication, which you can find on the journal's website, which is Tourists' Perceptions of Wind Turbines, Conceptualizations of Rural Space in Sustainability Transitions. Thanks again, all podcast listeners and Solan as well. Keep an eye out for upcoming podcast episodes. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. We look forward to you joining us again next week. I'm Marcia Rudolfsen. Bye for now.